Hello, friends. This is Darren Hayes of PigskinDispatch.com. Before we take you to your favorite Sports History Network show, just want to tell you a little bit about some merch that you can pick up that represents your favorite SHN podcast. So far, there's t-shirts, coffee mugs, and even books from some of the authors that do podcasts right here on SHN. Who could buy something better than that than have the history right from the, the gentleman that you hear talking about it? But we also are adding things each and every day. And where's that store, may you ask? Well, it's at SportsHistoryNetwork.com. Up at the top, there is the SHN. HN merch button. Click on that. It'll take you right to the store and you can be representing your favorite podcast and show the world that, hey, on the swag that I'm using, it's the headquarters of Sports Yesteryear, Sports History Network, and my favorite podcaster, the Sports History Network store. Shop there today. Blog Talk Radio. Twenty-two men graced the rugged fields of yesterday, fighting for one more first down, one more yard gain, one final <laughs> score which would bring victory after 60 minutes of battle on the gridiron. Tonight, we'll explore the world of gridiron greats. Welcome to Gridiron Greats Football History and its Memorabilia at the Gridiron Greats Publishing and Broadcasting Network in conjunction with Swick Enterprises. We're live from the Wallingford, Connecticut home of Gridiron Greats Magazine. And I'm Bob Swick, publisher and editor of Gridiron Greats Magazine, and I'll be your host for the show. Gridiron Greats is the only publication in America which focuses upon the history and memorabilia of the North American football game since its inception in 1869. We cover 140-plus years of football history and memorabilia, and you can find us on the web at www.gridirongreatsmagazine.com. We're sponsored in part by MSB Sports Cards. Check out their website for one of the largest selections of vintage football cards and memorabilia at msbsportscards.com. And we're also sponsored in part by BST Auctions. Check out their website at bstauctions.com. It's at this time I'd like to introduce my co-host, who is a senior contributing writer to Gridiron Greats Magazine. A football memorabilia historian specializing in pre-World War II items, in particular Red Grange, and also Seattle Seahawk items, in particular Steve Lark. He hails from Portland, Oregon. Mr. Joe Squires. Joe, welcome to the show tonight. Good afternoon, Captain. Happy to be here, sir. I'm doing well. How are you, Joe? Doing good. It's cold and beautiful here in Portland, Oregon. Uh, yeah, it's beautiful. I like I like these crisp fall days, you know. You had a you had a rough how, how, you had a, a rough day on the field though yesterday. Yeah, exactly. Seahawks. Well, yeah, I think anyone Seahawks. bumping into the Rams nowadays is uh, are not doing good. You know, uh, yeah, there, there's some quiet 
teams out there doing really well. You know, the Saints, the Rams, uh, the Kansas City Chiefs, oddly enough. I mean, just some kind of kind of shockers. It's very interesting to see that anyone at any time could win on a Sunday or on a Thursday yeah, or on a Monday. And a we're seeing a lot of a lot of different teams now, and I agree with you. It's 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 pretty exciting to see who's winning and who's losing right now. It's amazing and, and truly speak, amazing. Speaking of big lineup this Thursday on Thursday Night NFL, Seattle Seahawks face their evil arch nemesis, the uh, the evil Green Bay Packers, right in the town. <laughs> Throwing a little house party at my house, uh, a, a Seahawk rooting party. Uh, yeah, I should I should fly out and crash it. I should crash it. <laughs> well, Bob, we have a spare we have a spare room, sir. If you ever need, so about to fly home Friday morning and get back to reality. I love it. But anyways, All right. be I'll start texting evening. you during the game. When when the Seahawks get up thirty five <laughs> to seven, I'll start texting. You. I don't know. The the Packers actually came to life on Sunday. They actually played football again. So. Uh, even though yeah, it was against the yeah. Dolphins, they, they still actually showed some signs of life again. <laughs> so that was good. You know what's funny? But anyways, how, anyways. How, many, how, many games, how many games a week do you watch for football? I mean, because I'm a huge football fan, but it's a lot of well, history I, of the game. I, I, I might watch I, one game a week. I watch usually – I try to I, – I, on uh, Saturdays, I usually try to get in two to three college games, but I'm flipping back and forth mostly. And uh, I have yeah. on my computer my my live score feed, and again I I'm not only Division One, you know I look at Division Two and Division Three teams, and then usually on a oh, Sunday wow. I'll just go, a Sunday I'll just go uh, with whatever the network games are, and I'll flip back and forth. Mostly here in New England, obviously we see the Patriots, the Jets, and the Giants forever, and then um, usually the later game if none of them are playing, we'll see the Nationwide game. So uh, hmm. it, it's. You know, it's, it's basically what it, you know, it's, it's what I basically watched for, what, 50, 55 plus years now. So it's, it just hasn't changed much. But uh, it's, uh, there's, there's I, a lot I of kind of like the kind Yeah. There's what? There's a lot right. of collectors I know who are collectors of football memorabilia, but don't really watch football. Uh, oh, yeah. And I've always yeah. found that to be an odd oh. Yeah, kind of odd, but yeah. I, I, I totally get it. I know, the, I know they, um, they, the, the, I know a lot of people like that. But that, at the, again, at the same time, I do watch it for entertainment. I try to watch it to see if I can learn anything different, if I see anything different, you know, different plays, different strategies, or whatever. And I always say football is a big chess match out there, you know, and I, I love seeing something different. But unfortunately, you Absolutely. don't see a lot different. You know, you see the same. Same formation, same plays, very minor variations, and that's it. But anyways, let's let's get right into the heart of things here tonight. We're going to exactly. do a a little background talk on a couple of things. We're going to talk briefly about the results of the recent BST auction, and we're going to talk about some items in the new Heritage auction. So yep. why don't we start first looking at the Heritage auction, and then we'll back into the BST auction. Perfect, yeah. Just uh, heritage. I mean, just uh, you know, heritage usually is good to grab a few uh, a, a few really good marquee items. Uh, this auction coming up that I think ends in like three days. 
has a really good swath of 1948 Leaf uh, cards that are available. PSA 7 and 8, uh, pretty high quality. And uh, what I really like about this is uh, I'd say about half the cards don't look trimmed to me. As you as you know, the 48 Leaf set is pretty near and dear to my heart. I wrote an article for Gridiron a couple years ago about the uh, the ongoing relationship between card doctors and the 48 Leaf set. You know, that was mm-hmm. you know kind of a, an eye-opener to a lot of collectors. So, I mean, mm-hmm. I tend to not, not look at the flips. I mean, I, I'm, you know, regardless of the grade, I'm looking at the card, and, you know, you do it enough, and you can kind of go, yeah, that's trimmed. That one slipped by the goalie, you know, by the graders. But uh, mm-hmm. some really good-looking cards in this one. Uh, and, and I'd say the favorite, my favorite card out of the group is a, uh, a PSA Sammy Baugh 48 Leaf that looks just, just outstanding. Just a good-looking card. Yeah, I saw it. And that, that Baugh card that. is trimmed. Yeah, I saw that card. That that is a nice card. I thought of you immediately on it. And um, again, I'm not as I am not as up on the trimming as you are. And, and when I first looked at that auction, I thought to myself, "Geez, how many of these are trimmed? How many of these are short? How many things are too big? So on and so forth." Yeah. And I always go back yeah, to totally. look at my 48, 48 and forty nine leaf set, and they're every which way. But I know I don't have anything graded. So I know, and I know I got some rough cuts in that type of thing. So uh, it's interesting to see. What else did I have? Besides yeah, that, that, uh, uh, a really good looking PSA Johnny Lujak. One of my favorite cards in the set, the Charlie Choo Choo Justice card. I, I just love mm-hmm. that card, just the way his pose is, uh, and just a really good looking PSA eight uh, Choo Choo Justice. One of my favorite nicknames in the Leaf set, Choo Choo. I always wondered how he got that. It's an iconic nickname. Yeah. I mean, and there's some normal, some normal nicknames, Dave, Dad, Templeton. I mean, I'm like, God, how do you, who wants to be called Dad in the locker room? That seemed, seemed a little weird. Uh, you know, George Connor, uh, PSA 8, that looks good. Again, the Connor, any Hall of Fame rookie cards in that 48 Leaf set are just very, you know, subject to trim. Uh, you know, just because mm-hmm. they're such high-dollar cards. Uh, you know, a PSA 8 Sammy Baugh is a $10,000 card, uh, you know, if it looks good enough. A Connors, you know, two to $3,000. This is, this is you know, big money uh, that you're talking mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. Uh, just some good leaves. You know, and you said, I wonder how many of these are trimmed earlier, and I went through and figured about a half of them. Uh, you know, it, it's tough to look at like a George McAfee card, and you're like, PSA 8, but you can tell it's just trimmed on the sides. And it's just such a high tolerance for trimming. You know the the dimensions of that leaf set. It's just such a high tolerance. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, just you know, very very subject to trimming. But just good to see somebody's breaking up a really high end set of leaves. PSA sevens and eights. There's a couple PSA nines in there. I forget which one, but I just sat and looked at that card. My God, that is a beautiful card. Just centered the colors, the corners. I'm like, that's a deserving well, PSA nine. It's just. Let me put you on the spot here. What do you think this this set going into the market the way the way it's entering the market? What do you think it's going to do for the forty eight leaf um, collector, forty eight leaf PSA collector, forty eight leaf trimmer? Uh, what what impact does this set have in the market, in your opinion? Boy, well, I mean, who was it that just sold? Uh, was it uh, who was it that just sold a trimmed Nagurski 
and it was or an authentic Nagurski, whatever. And, and it looked, it, you know, it was like this came back trimmed, and it was such a mm-hmm. good looking card. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it was it was REA, wasn't it? Yeah, I think it was the last REA. Yeah, I think it was REA. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, sold for thirty five hundred bucks. And the comment back and forth on our, you know, on our, you know, social media was, uh, I, I, I wonder who, you know, I wonder what card doctor in Pennsylvania bought that and when we're going to see that again in a right, number right. older. Uh, so, I mean, this right. is the same. I mean, uh, I, I would imagine most, if it's a PSA 7 or 8, I imagine you have some people looking at the 7s going, can I get that into an 8? And uh, I don't know, it's kind of weird. I, uh, if, if you're an educated buyer, and you look at some of these high-end cards, and you you look at it like I do. We're like, that's trimmed. I refuse to have that in my collection. I won't even bid on it. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, all all previous bets are out the window. If you just straight look at VCP or any kind of history, and you go, oh, a PSA Choo Choo Justice, you know, should go for you know fifteen hundred bucks, and you bid on right. it, right. you know, in, independent of it being trimmed or not. If you're not educated and you're buying the flip. Then, you know, then then you can just straight sum the set. But uh, if a third of the right. forty-eight leaf collectors are educated enough to know trimmed versus not trimmed, and they don't bid in it, then that, that's a big swath of the market that's out. You know. Right, right, right. All right, moving moving along, we got some recent results from the BST auction. Uh, yes, two in sir. particular, uh, basically, almost gave me a, a stroke. And that was the 62 and 63 Fleer graded sets. Uh, do yep. you happen to know off the top of your head how much they went for? It was, it was an incredible figure on both of them. I do. I don't have. Yeah, the, I don't have them in the 62 right Fleer set went for 26 and change, and the 63 went for 27 and change, uh, both including buyer's premium. So. Uh, the number one set, uh, the number one set by far in both of those categories, uh, meticulously, you know, collected over the last, you know, you know, ten, fifteen years by a hobby friend. So, it's just, it's, yep, yep. you know, it's kind of, yep. kind of fun to see those, those go out into the, uh, go, go out into the collecting world, you know. And again, it shows to me the strength of the 1960s football card market. And absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, just my comment, real quick comment on collecting that set. And I, I distinctly remember the '62 Fleer set. Now I'm going back to the 1980s when I when I finished that set. In fact, I looked at my notes today. I finished that set back in 1989. I had a heck of a time trying to find any commons of that set. That's the '62, <laughs> the '62 Fleer set. But I eventually yeah. hit upon a guy, believe it or not, locally who had half the set, and he said, I have no idea where I got them from. I had them. I found them. Therefore, I'm, I'm trying to sell them. He sold them to me. I mixed, uh, uh, integrated them into my uh, regular collection that I was I was putting together, and they were in re- relatively nice shape, so they would grade probably seven and eight. There, there's a few nines in there, but I, I'm not going to get them graded. But I just found it very fascinating that you fast forward 20 years later, the amount of 62s that came in the market, 63s, and 60 and 61s also, clear, really, you know, came into being. So now it's a very respected set as compared to what it was back mm-hmm. in the 80s. You know, you know what I mean? But uh, those those yeah. prices were just uh, just beyond comprehension for me, beyond comprehension. Yeah, good for them. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't fathom 
yeah, they kind of went at the top of what the range was for most people, what most people thought they'd go for. Uh, also, some very closely held sets that went. The 1946 uh, Sears, you know, Cleveland Brown set that we talked about in a previous Gridiron yeah. podcast yeah. sold. Yeah. Uh, got a, you know, that went well. It's nice to see a, a very you know, odd local set going that strong. Uh, good collector, good friend of mine picked that up. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there was a 1926 uh, Spalding Red Grange promotional card in that mm-hmm. in that uh, auction that sold. Went very high. A very rare card, and the price, uh, you know, the, the price was indicative of that. Rogers Pete, there was all four of the 1929 Rogers Pete's cards that sold. Um, you know, the not very often you see all four of those together. The you know, the Red Grange, uh, 29 Rogers beat Red Grange and Ken Strong, very, very rare cards. I think two or three mm-hmm. known to exist. So when those come, there's when those come up for sale, there's obviously usually some, some fireworks. And the final yep. results showed that. Yep. You know? Exactly. Exactly. So it's, it's you know, to I me a the, very, very – go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I think the Grange went for – you know, near eight or nine thousand dollars, and the strong went right. for five thousand. So I mean, you know, in yep. PSA two. So it just goes to show you, yep. rare cards, rare football cards demand strong prices. It, it you know, doesn't matter what the grade is, uh, it's rare, and uh, and you just don't see them very often. Exactly, and and again, it also shows, and it finally gives some respect to how tough those cards are to find. You know, they're not the type yeah, yeah. of cards that you're going to, you know, you're going to go to your local, uh, I'm going to go to my local show here in Connecticut, and out of the blue, a dealer is yep. going to be set up, you know, with all pre-World War II football items. It's just not going to happen, you know. Yeah. And again, how many yeah. nationals yeah, have you don't we find... been at? Yep. How many yeah. nationals have we been at? We've never, we, we, you know, what we see, one or two at the most, if if that, yep. you know, it's uh, yep. you do, it's you amazing. Do. Yeah, you don't find these on eBay with a buy it now. It's kind of funny, like, you know, a decade ago, my wife my wife wanted to buy me a, you know, for my for my 40th birthday, my wife wanted to buy me a, a special football card. So I told her, you know, I I want a, a PSA 7 or an A Bronco Nagurski. And uh, I, I've set the bar high. Like a month later, she comes back, she goes, can't find that card. I just, I can't find it. So I'm like, yeah, there's yeah. there's rare, and then there's rare. And uh, right. there's cards. If somebody if somebody came out and said, I want to put together, you know, the, the all four cards of the 1929 Rogers beat football. It's it's you don't just do that in a weekend. That takes a while. They're right. they're not out there. Uh, right. You know, same with Spalding. Same with a lot of the Chickle cards. Uh, it's just you know you can want it, but try and find it. You know, you know that's I, what I like I about football. I find it fascinating. Over the last 20 years, I've had the pleasure to see a lot of different things that I never thought in my lifetime I was going to see in the hobby as far as cards were concerned and actually physically see them in person. You know what I mean? Yeah. So uh, it, it, it's been nice. It's stuff I've read about read about in the 1980s, was kind of skeptical that they even existed, but figuring there were like one or two of these somewhere, somehow, somebody had them because they were, you know, noted. And then uh, as time like went what? on, and well, the the Roger Pete's the uh, Chickles were not huh. common in any way, shape, or form in the early '80s, especially the football ones. Oh wow! Uh, you know they they were really brutal, brutal to find. I mean, I had like one Chickle 
that I had as a type card for probably, you know, a good seven, eight years. So then the explosion came in 89, and then all of a sudden a lot of stuff came to the market, you know. So it's uh, it's amazing to see, to, you know. All right, we're going to move along because our special guest is here. It's at this time I'd like to welcome our special guest. He was featured in our current issue of Gridiron Greats Magazine as our super collector. He has an incredible, amazing collection of signed photos, helmets, and other football items, including an incredibly unique piece signed by Bear Bryant. I'd like to welcome to our show, Mr. Gordon McIntyre. Gordon, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you. It's a pleasure. I got a lot of great, great feedback from readers on the magazine of your collection. And I'm going to immediately go into our initial question here. How did you become a fan of football, and how did you start collecting football items? Well, um, as, a, as a child, especially when uh, I was in elementary school, my dad and I would live for the weekends. You'd only get one, maybe two uh, college games on Saturday on our black and white television. And, uh and then the same on Sunday, you would get a, an NFL game and an AFL game. And uh, that's how he and I would spend most of our time uh, watching the games. And during that time, uh, Birmingham was trying in the worst way to, to get an expansion team. This is in the mid-60s, huh. to the, the late 60s, um, either AFL or NFL. So we always had preseason games at Legion Field, maybe three a summer. So my dad would always take me to those. Uh, so that's where the interest started. It was more or less a connection to my dad and the interest that he and I both had. Um, and then he came up with the idea, well, Gordon, if you love this so much, why don't you write the front offices of the NFL teams and uh, write the athletic departments of your favorite college teams and ask them to send you send you stuff? And they did. Oh, that's so cool. Wow. <laughs> I, 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 I love stories like that. Either. I, I, I love you. Want, I love you stories like that. A long time ago. <laughs> nice, but I just I love stories like that where it's just people, you know, just hey, I'm going to write them, you know, and people would get letters back from players or sign stuff, and it's just that's just that's pure. It's innocent. It's where the sport should be. I love it. Uh, I remember running to the mailbox. Uh, when I would get home from school to, uh, just to see what was in there. And this went on for four or five years. So it was most, most, uh, mostly in the late 60s when I was uh, doing all this. But I, I really received – I got some great treasures, signed things. I mean, I would write Notre Dame. I would write the Michigan State. So I got Duffy Darty stuff. I would write the Packers. So I've got a lot of that. Um, uh, the Bears, uh, on and on and on. Uh, and uh, uh, especially Auburn, just because I'm an Auburn guy, so I've got a lot of old Auburn, Pat Sullivan and uh, Shug Jer- Coach Shug Jordan signed eight by ten black and whites, uh, which are priceless to me personally. To me, they're uh, they're they're worth you know they're worth everything. That, wow. that, that's uh, that's that's amazing. And you know, we, we, again, put it, let's put this in perspective today. Uh, a lot of athletes want to sell their signature. I and I have the golden yeah. rule. I will not. I will not pay for anybody's signature. I have a lot right. of signed pieces that are signed to Bob, so that the player understands. I'm not going to resell this. This is for my personal collection, and it's mostly older players. Right. It's, it's very few. 
very few newer players. Probably the newest signatures I have are from the 80s when I was uh, off-selling uh, Atlanta. Believe it or not, I used to sell to the Falcons their common cards from the 80s, and yes. they would send me guys would pull out their card and then they would mail it to me and they would sign them all the five because they thought it was amazing that I was selling, selling them their cards and they didn't realize how many cards I had. You know what I mean? Especially when they right. occurred. So uh, well, that, that's a that's a great story. That, that really the, the Falcons, so great um, the Falcons. Oddly enough, the Falcons are one of the teams that I would write, and I have eight by ten black and whites so of Norm Van Brocklin, coach uh, Claude Humphrey. Uh, a couple of others that I uh, can't recall right now, but this is all from the late 60s, uh, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe into 1970. Uh, but I've got some Falcons things. Um, I sure do. Wow. That's great. You know, That's great. You know Gordon, <laughs> one, thing, one thing I always notice in common with the Super Collector theme is they always have uh, some sort of Green Bay Packer item, uh, you know, yes. which catches the captain's yeah. eye. <laughs> So I know it's kind of funny. You turn the, you turn to your super collector page, and the first thing looking at you on the opposite page is Bart Starr under center, and uh, and I always shake my head. I'm like, no wonder, no wonder Bob found you and made you the super collector. You're a Green Bay Packer fan. You know, Bart Starr lives in Birmingham, which is where I am, and um, I've yeah. seen him at the movie theater. He's talked to my children, that sort of thing. But I, I got the Bear Bryant picture later in life. But I've got black and whites that I got in the 60s of Packers signed, uh, Willie Davis, Herb Adderley, uh, Zeke Brutkowski. I mean, I got them when I was in the fifth grade. <laughs> Zeke Bratkowski. There's a, there's a name I know. There's a there's <laughs> He's in the, he, the, is the hardest card in 1957. To, yep, exactly. Yep. Everybody knows that story. But speaking of Bear Bryant – you know, I loved your uh, your explanation of how you got that. Tell us a little bit about, you know, your Bear Bryant piece. Yes, yes com- complete uh, coincidence. Uh, my dad would take me to preseason games in one year uh, or one summer. It was uh, in 1967, so I was 11 years old, okay? The Jets were pay- playing the Chiefs. Uh, Namath was, I believe, in his second year, uh, possibly first. I can't. Wow. I just remember. I remember. I remember the white shoes. I do remember that. Well, we're on a 50-yard line, halfway up, and the whole row of seats in front of me, no one was sitting there. We're talking, you know, 15, 20 seats. Um, so halfway through the first quarter, here comes this what I would call an entourage, uh, walking up Legion Field steps to, um, and, and we're thinking, well, they're, surely they're gonna they're gonna sit right here in front of me, and they did. And uh, it was uh, Bear Bryant sat directly directly in front of me. No telling who was wow. there. Probably his assistant coaches, other people that that had coached Joe, um, his wife. Yeah. You know, the whole families were there together, but Bear was right in front of me. Of course, my dad gave me that look like can you believe this um so I, uh, uh of course I'm, me being 11 i didn't have a pen on me but luckily my dad did and i just uh tapped coach bryant on the shoulder uh to please sign the program and and i know you've got the program in the, in the issue this uh this quarter uh, yep. i've got i've got it protected and it's a real special uh game program he signed paul bryant no bear none of that stuff just paul bryant uh, simple, simple as that. But it's special, definitely. I love the story where you get that in person. 
where those kind of things happen in person. It's not you didn't buy this yeah. on eBay. You didn't you didn't meet a collector somewhere to buy it. This is you as a kid in person getting this. That is that is such a special right. piece of memorabilia. Right. Absolutely. You don't ever forget it. Don't forget it. You just don't forget yeah. it ever. I'm just curious. Yeah, that makes football did, uh, fans forever. Did Brian start signing signing any of his pieces there, Brian, in his later years? Because I got conflicting stories on that. I don't know if you know anything about that, Gordon. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I might know a little, but uh, I, I really haven't studied that. But uh, the place where I uh, had worked for years and years and years, the owners of a company that I work with, um, they all went to school in Alabama. And uh, they have uh, in my office in, in the hallway, I guess the, the, the wall of pictures in the, in the main hallway of my office, they have a signed uh, Paul Bryant picture that they got in the 60s, and it does say bear. He did sign Bear. He didn't on that program. But okay. He did on that eight by ten they've got. I think huh. I think he started. I think he started signing a lot of stuff. Bear Bryant down uh, later in his or at toward the end of his coaching career. I'm not exactly mm-hmm. sure about that, but I was just curious about that because I, like I said, I've gotten several conflicting stories about that over the years, and not knowing enough about um, his signature, so on and so forth. I, w- I can't really speculate a guess other than as he became more known as Bear Bryant, he would sign things more Bear Bryant yeah. at the same time. So uh, yeah. that, that's great. That's an incredible story. Where'd that nickname, I, where'd that nickname come from? Where did the, the name Bear come from? Yeah, Pardon me, I, I, I actually didn't never that. knew that. Yeah, where'd the nickname come from? I, I actually don't um, know that. Oh, I've never. Well, when he was when he was a teenager, there was an old um, story that he uh, that he when he lived in Arkansas that he wrestled a bear, and yeah. uh, the, <laughs> the the bear was a very very small bear. <laughs> thank goodness, uh, but that's the story that's always been told that he uh, wrestled a bear. <laughs> and so we. <laughs> Infamously became Bear Bryant from that, and the and the legend grew oh, from that over the years. Right. Gordon, sure glad glad he wasn't a pedic- big farmer. Similar story with pedic- Bo Jackson, who's also from Birmingham. Bo got his nickname because his mom pronounced boar, B-O-A-R, as Bo, like you're a wild boar, but she called him mm-hmm. a wild bow, and it came out that way, and it stuck. So he's Vincent Bo Jackson. I actually didn't know that. that either. Yes. Wow. Oh, you didn't know that, Joe? Yeah, that's a, no. a boar, B-O-A-R. So I'm shortening it to Bo, Bo Jackson. <laughs> yep, yep. God, yep. We, we got we to gotta be thankful for these southern drawls, you know, yeah, creating nicknames you know, all the world over. <laughs> yeah, we do have that. <laughs> yeah. Gordon, your, your, your pennant collection is, is beyond comparison, and... Uh, you know, seeing the the pictures that you sent us uh, on the on the pennant, tell us about it. And do you have uh, a favorite awesome. one of all the ones that you have? Yes, yes. Uh, m- most all of the pennants uh, came from the preseason games that I attended. Uh, I've got wow. some old Baltimore Colts and uh, New Orleans Saints, the Chiefs. I've got I've got all of those, and that's where most of that uh, circular. 
uh, pennant display I have came from. But some of them later in the uh, in the 60s, I got by mail order. I would uh, grass cutting money, if you will. I would send off for one at a time, uh, and and they'd mail it back. So that became part of the collection. But the early ones are the most special ones, uh, and they're probably my most uh, special thing that I have uh, in my downstairs area. The, the pennants, NFL and college pennants. And the, 50s and 60s. My favorite. Yeah, pennant, you you asked me. My favorite. My favorite. My favorite, um, uh, my favorite NFL pennant, oddly enough, is the Atlanta Falcons because it came. Uh, it came from 1966, which was their first year as an expansion team. They played a preseason game here, which I attended, and that's the first year of of an Atlanta falcon team and i got their pennant and all i can remember about that game was my dad talking about how great tommy nobis was he was their first draft pick uh that pennant is real special to me and it'll probably end up in the hands when i move on well i've got two daughters both married uh one of my daughters uh husbands is from atlanta originally and is a huge falcon fan so i've already told taylor he could have it down the road And what's nice about your pennant collection, especially the older ones, they're all what are considered to be felt pennants. And for people who don't, or collectors who don't realize, the old pennants were made out of a felt type of fabric material. And then there was a screen printing process that got the lettering on the felt pennants. And they were manufactured. They weren't uh, manufactured in bulk as they are today with a more synthetic um, artificial fabric, which is you can feel the difference between a felt pennant and yes, a non-felt pennant. And um, the felt pennants, to me, if they are preserved well, will last forever. And yes. the biggest thing a, a lot of collectors don't realize they will, you know, if exposed to sunlight or you know direct light, they can fade over the years at the same time. So it's very important not Smokers. to you know put them in the sunlight or put them in direct lighting. And uh, that's right. why I like I like yeah. the way you got them displayed in the in the circular fashion. Well, to me, it was always cool I've got I've got them. I have those in in clear poly covers. All the pennants are in covers, and all the lighting downstairs is LED. <laughs> okay. I try yeah, to take good, care. Good. I try to take care of my stuff. Yeah, some nice blasts from the past names here: the Oakland Raiders, the San Diego Chargers. <laughs> yes, you know just. It's tough. I mean, it's tough to look at that. You kind of shake your head. The Los Angeles Rams came and went, you know, or yeah, you know, yeah. went and came, I guess, is the better way to put it. Right. You know, I hate to say it. I even, I even, yeah, no kidding. I even look at the uh, the Cleveland Browns one you have and go, man, those became the Ravens and then the new Browns. I mean, I, I don't even think yeah. it's the same. I, I, lo- I love you the know? Browns. So simple. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, you're missing a Seattle Seahawk one in there, but I know that was before you you were collecting before they came out. So. Yeah, they came later. They did come yeah. later. Yes, I'll, I'll give you a pass on that one, Gordon. Uh, <laughs> you know, I I I, I always love these super collector because it's just as you you read about what someone focuses on, what they collect, it's just it's amazing. I love it. Uh, I, I know it's probably hard to pinpoint three things, especially with your Bear Bryant program. Uh, you know, just the memory that's associated with that. But, you know, if you had to pick three things that are your favorite, that are your 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 babies, what would it be? 
Okay, well, I've, I've asked myself uh, the question before. What if the house caught on fire? After I got my wife and dogs yeah. out, what would I try to save? Um, exactly. and, and really, it's the, it's the old penance. The old penance first because they're irreplaceable. Uh, I've got a lot of, uh, of uh, college penance, too. That are from the 50s and 60s. They're just they're the most special things to me. And then, and after that, um, the black and white pictures from the 60s. I've got a bunch of of Auburn footballs, maybe 30 of them, uh, all signed. You know, Cam Newton, Bo Jackson, all all that. Um, and I've got a lot of Auburn mini helmets uh, signed, about 40 of them. Uh, and I'd be gra- I'd be grabbing those first. I think things that are autographed. Um, I've got a lot of college and NFL uh, yearbooks. I know Bob loves that. I have drawer fulls of them going back to the 60s. I would buy those every year and keep them. Um, that, that's another thing that got me interested in the first place. When I was a child, I would buy the yearbooks, and I would practically memorize rosters and where players, uh, pro players came from, what college they were from, that sort of thing. Yeah. That, that's, that got me really interested in yeah, that's an advanced collector. When I, I, you know, back in the mid '90s, I had a friend of mine who uh, would watch a pro football game with me. He'd be like, "Yeah, that guy's from you know USC, or that guy's from." The, and I, it always stunned me, you know. I mean, I knew where a yeah. lot of my players, you know, you know, my favorite team came from. You know, Jim Zorn went to Cal Poly, you know, large that's in right. Oklahoma, but I didn't really memorize it. And and yeah, and then I really started watching college ball around the late '90s and really started understanding. I remember seeing Corey Dillon, uh, a running back in Washington, come to U of O and just, you know, rack 250 yards on the Ducks and destroy him. I'm like, wow, Mm -hmm. that guy's pretty good, you know? Right. Yes. Yes. And again, again, before the the 24-7 media that we're inundated with today and the the Internet where you just type in something, back then in the 60s, You know, the media guide, the program, the Street and Smiths were all invaluable information for anybody who followed the game, number one, or number two, in the days when newspapers actually covered sports, you got more statistical yeah. information, so on and so forth. You know, the one thing I really miss in the paper, even though some papers have very limited, is, is the actual game score. You know, quarter by quarter, what actually happened, and then all yep. the statistics. You know, yes. and again, yep. you go back to the 60s, uh, you know, in the Sunday paper, you probably had 200, 250 games listed of the stats. Yeah. And, act, and on, a, on a Monday morning, you always had the NFL and the AFL stats. And that's right. what I grew up with. And, and, you know, again, pouring over that information, you know, always, remind, always reminds me of, you know, my start, you know, following uh, statistics and, and understanding the game more thoroughly just by reading right. what was being, being written about it. And today, to me, that, that's pretty much lost, you know. And again, you know, you got right. USA, Weekly, uh, USA Weekly, Sports Weekly, which is about the only newspaper out there that actually, you know, does put a little more advanced stats for football. Your local paper really has nothing in it, you know. So it's, no, it, it's it doesn't. And I miss the days. Of, I miss the days of the papers being uh, thrown in the front yard and and just uh, couldn't wait to get into the sports page and read all the uh, the yep. box score yep. and the stats. Yeah, yep. totally. I mean, no, I, I totally. I still yeah, it's remember funny about a. Uh, go I, I I still remember on a Sunday morning. You know, the the Sunday paper came. We'd go to church, 
or we pick up the paper at the drugstore on the way home, and then I, I got the sports section to myself, and I'd be studying it while I'm watching the NFL or the AFL game on TV. It was it was the coolest thing around. And uh, I yeah. still remember I saved a lot of sports sections, although I don't have them anymore. I sold them off over the years. But I just said, this information is phenomenal, you know. But, uh, again, that's really lost today. Yeah, it is. No, I totally agree. Probably about a week ago, I was like, I was like, I wonder what the NFL standings are right now. I had no idea the Chiefs were that good. And I had to, you know, it's not in the sports section. It's I had to, like, type in and go to NFL.com just to get the NFL standings by division, you know, to look it up. Yep. You're right. Whereas in the Sunday paper, I used to see it every week and track it. And, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. Right. You have to dig for it now. And, again, I, yeah. I, I give credit to my my little local paper here in town. They, they do a nice job reporting high school football. So, you know, I know what the high schools locally are doing. I do know – I do recognize some names from, uh, you know, kids uh, that I knew from years ago, and they're, now their kids are playing type of situation. And uh, But, again, it's 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 almost like a lost history there of the, of the game pretty much from 2000 up. And it's, it's sad, to say the least. So. Yes, it's different now. They, yes. they, they, trust me, your newspaper publisher knows the captain, the ambassador of football is out there. Wallingford, Connecticut, you know, the <laughs> mecca of football. They know. Right. They know. <laughs> Gordon, right down, the from, any... right down the street from Bristol. <laughs> Gordon, you have any interesting uh, collecting stories or experiences you'd like to share with our audience? Yeah, um, I guess starting just a few years ago, I, I got this uh, this idea to have a um, a Bo Jackson wall and a Cam Newton wall uh, in my downstairs, and I have both. It's uh, not a whole lot of different things but but enough a lot of uh, uh pictures of bo jackson both at auburn and uh the kansas city royals and the oakland raiders and the white Sox. i've got him on the wall all of the sports illustrators for instance that, that he's been on the cover were there uh, along with posters and famous iconic posters nike posters him with the shoulder pads posters that sort of thing and i have another wall with Cam Newton, another heisman winner for, uh, for my team um, with all his sports, Sports Illustrated, and uh, his covers, and you know, for the, not only the uh, for Auburn, but for uh, uh, Carolina. So I've got signed footballs from both, signed uh, helmets, that sort of thing. Um, Auburn football programs that they have both signed are real special to me. So I've got a small area downstairs, and that's a. That's my my most recent story, I guess you could say, is I've gotten into the, those two players and getting some of their memorabilia. And there's a, there's cool. a lot of stuff of Auburn out there, which is which is neat because it's a, it's a classic football college, and the fans yeah. of the of Auburn are just literally everywhere. My wife uh, Brenda's old boss graduated from Auburn, and uh, yeah. I met him the first time, and we had a common thread for football. He, uh, yes. I will shout out, he's a long-time subscriber now to Gridiron Greeks Magazine after he found out we publish it. And uh, he's given me a couple good leads on, on Auburn collectors and the like, so it's, it's, it's pretty neat. Uh, but, uh, I, on, my bu- on my bucket list, I'm trying to get down there for a game with him. So we're still trying to plan it. Probably next year we're going to get down and spend the weekend down there and, and take it in. Right. It's great. Great fun. 
Gordon, I, I'm not sure if you picked it up. I'm in I'm in Portland, Oregon, and uh, my wife went to U of O. You know, uh, go Ducks, and I'm a season yes. ticket holder to the Ducks. Uh, I went to the BCS championship game in Phoenix, Auburn against the yes. Ducks. Yes. Uh, now, were you there? No, you know I've been to many many games, uh, but we didn't we didn't go. There were other things that that came up, and my wife and I could not make that trip. It's just one of those things that, oh well, uh, you know there were other priorities going on, <laughs> so uh, we yeah. we didn't. Boy, I wish we could have though. Wish we did. Well, I'm, I'm wondering how you feel about the growing wave of public sentiment that Auburn should vacate that BCS championship because of Bo Jackson's, you know. Uh, you know the allegations Cam Newton? Or not against Cam Newton. Cam Newton, yeah, right. his father receiving money to play for Auburn. Right. So a lot of people, a lot of people, mostly a lot of people on this phone call, who think that Auburn should vacate that championship. Right. Well, they'll <laughs> they'll never vacate it. Now, whether somebody else comes in and has has proof of anything, uh, then maybe they could have something to do with it, but. No, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm, saying it, I'm saying it's just me. <laughs> I'm, yeah. I'm saying it's they just, investigated it. I don't think they they really couldn't prove much or anything. So I don't know what to say. I, I don't know. I'm just kidding. I'm I'm just kidding, Gordon. I'm just as a Ducks <laughs> fan watching that guy watching that guy uh, run over us. I was like, damn that guy. <laughs> yeah. And it was right He's after Reggie that. Bush. Right after somebody found out Reggie Bush got a car or something like that. And, yeah, you know, that's right. Suddenly, suddenly everybody was in the, uh, you know, I don't know. To me, uh, yeah, they, to me, yeah. whether whether somebody's dad got an envelope with some money in it or whether somebody's mom got a car doesn't affect how somebody plays on the football field. You know, it. Uh, yeah, they, they got to be very true. That was a good. Right, very true. I have Remember a picture how of myself. Auburn, I have a I have a picture of me me standing with uh, Cam Newton's dad. Uh, and he's got a Carolina Panthers shirt on, standing with his dad. And I said, here, take our picture. So I've got this great picture. And then I sent the picture out to all my Auburn friends, uh, letting them know that I was the bag man for Cam. Wow. Can you see the envelope with the $100 bills in his front pocket? No, but I did have a bag over my shoulder. So... Oh. <laughs> You're the cash mule for, for Cam's yeah, dad, I guess. That was me. That's me. <laughs> nice. Gordon, no, I, we just we like I, to talk I, football here. Uh, you know. Yes. Just, Gordon, just I got to talk about old BCS championships. Sorry, Bob. <laughs> Gordon, I got to I got to ask you a question off script because I, I I just remember this now. I got an email from one of our readers that electric football game that you have featured in the magazine. Can you tell us yes. a little bit about yeah. that? That was the that was a tutor. Was it a tutor game or? Yes. Okay. Tutor. Yes. Yes. I've read up on these uh, electric football games. There's it, a great history to those. But I I got that uh, metal board when I was uh, uh, in the mid '60s, and I never bent it. I never hurt it. I've, I've protected it all this time, which is amazing in itself, because usually they get bent. Um, but I, uh, I have it on display downstairs, and all the players, and those were old players from the 60s, I painted them up in, uh, as Auburn. 
and put um, and put jerseys, uh, jersey numbers on them. And the numbers I used were a famous alcohol. Cool. I did that wow. myself. And it's just kind of the centerpiece of the coffee table uh, down downstairs. And it's just an important part, like everything else we've discussed tonight. It's just an important part of my growing up. But um, they're very, very much a sentimental piece to me. Everybody in my neighborhood had one. There's a big demand for those. Uh, Every, everybody in my neighborhood had an electric football game. There's a there's a big demand for those older uh, Tudor electric games, so uh, he he sent me an email on it, and uh, I kind of I I kind of vaguely remember one of your emails was sent to me that you were you did that with the players and the like. That's pretty cool. That's nice. Yes. To see. Yes. yes. <laughs> your your wall display of mini helmets was, was really impressive in your in your gridiron great you know write up. I, I like that. So I love it. And how do you, how do you decorate a wall? Well. I had a few mini helmets, and then I I, I googled mini helmets and saw that these guys, different people, had walls similar to that. They had shelf after shelf after uh, after shelf of uh, of mini helmets. I said, "All right, that's what I'll do." And so I have a 12 foot wide wall, and I've got uh, I've got the whole NFL and all the Power Five football teams there, as well as the old Birmingham. Uh, off-league teams, USFL, WFL, that sort of thing. But they're all there, and it covers the whole wall. Uh, so it's really turned out better than I ever expected. It's fun. I see Pro in there, too. I'm looking at it right now. Pro it's is the on the top, top two shelf. Rows. And then... yes. okay. <laughs> top two rows are in uh, If you don't find eight times eight times four, 32. Okay. I was just doing the math here, making sure you had a Seahawk helmet in there somewhere. It's right. in there. Just double-checking you. <laughs> just, just, just verifying. Uh, hey, a quick, quick uh, you know, kind of wrap-up question. You know, in, any collecting advice? I mean, you're obviously a very advanced collector. You've been doing this a while. Uh, you know, other than, you know, being in the right place at the right time when Bear Bryant sits down in front of you when you're 11, do you have any collecting right. advice that you can give to our audience? Yeah. Uh, yeah, if you – I think that if you start as a kid, you, you you have to hold on to it. You just have to. Even even if you do what I did, I, I became disinterested in all the things that I had. I stuffed it all in drawers uh, because yeah. other things took precedence. Uh, just growing up and, and just doing adult things, and then you know, I, when you get to a certain age, it's like, man, I've got all this stuff from when I was a kid, and it's real important uh, to me now. And I got it all out. Uh, so if you, I guess the only advice I would have is is if you if you start as a kid, hopefully you get in, encouragement from your parents or maybe other friends. Hey, you need to hold on to that. Hey, that that's that's really interesting, uh, an interesting item. You need to don't don't throw that away. Um, and my dad was that way, so I did hold on to it. And although I put it in drawers for such a long time, when I got them out, when I got everything back out. Um, I, I realized, gosh, you you really got something here. So, just I, I've tried to encourage my. I've got two daughters. Okay, I've tried to encourage them the same thing to do the same thing. I have my old my oldest daughter is 32. She was a high school all American in soccer, and she was a state player of the year and played in college, all that. 
and she has all this soccer stuff, and she's not interested in it in the least, and she's 32 years old now. Wow. But I've got wow. it all stored away for her because I've told her, Ann, you're going to love it when you when you have kids and get a little older, and it's right here in these boxes, and I have probably 10 boxes. Um, she met all the uh, – wow. we took her to Women's World Cup. So the Mia Hamm stuff, this is in 99. She was in middle school. She got autographs from all those uh, ladies playing on the World Cup team. doesn't mean much to her now, but I guarantee it will down the road. Wow. A lot of, a lot of us collectors follow that same vein. We collected as a kid. When we discovered girls, we stopped collecting. And then right. somewhere around our mid to late 20s, uh, something sparks us. So that that's uh, – yeah. That covers about ninety percent of us collectors. That's right. Yep. I'm encouraging my, my and, girls and to do the same yep. thing. So I'm holding yep. on to their stuff for them since they're not interested, but they'll they'll change their minds. No, you're doing great. About the only difference between us collectors is did your mom throw your stuff out when you when you went away to college or whatever, or did, only, did she save there, it? So. There, there's yep. one thing yep. that didn't survive, and it just. I get upset thinking about it, but I had a, a bunch of uh, uh, tops tall boys from uh, yeah, 66, the a- AFL, mostly AFL. There was a five-and-dime store three or four blocks from my house, and I would walk wow. down there with my change and buy another pack and another pack. I had all of them. <laughs> I had the Joe Namath rookie. I had all of them, and I had them in uh. a shoebox. Where the shoebox went, I'll never know. You and the captain. You and the well, captain need to get together and go bowling. You both have a very similar <laughs> childhood buying tall boys. Yeah. Unbelievable. We're going to run us out of Go ahead. Go ahead. We're no, almost out of time. Think any, about any, that. any final thoughts that you have on uh, on anything? Would you like to share? No, that's. I think we've just about hit all the highlights, haven't we? But I enjoyed the. I really enjoyed your conversation. It's a. Uh, it's a big deal to me, and it's a. It's a special part of my life. So to be able to come in and talk to guys that, that actually uh, have that in common with me and, and know a lot more about it than I do, uh, it, it was. Uh, it's just been a real pleasure uh, speaking to you too. Well, you got an amazing collection, and uh, I really thank you for sharing it with our audience and sharing it with our readers. And I got some really nice compliments from readers on it and from my writers. And uh, it's, it's it's really cool, really cool. It was like a step back in time for me, back in the '60s when the game was different and the players yes. were different, and the memorability was a lot different than it is today. Sure Gordon, thanks for being yeah. on the show. Thank you for having me. Thank you. All right, thank you, Jeff. Thank you, sir. Gordon McIntyre, super collector in the recent fall issue of Gridiron Greats Magazine. Joe, we're winding time down. We're going to go into an extended two-minute warning here wrap up. What do you think we learned on tonight's show? For an Auburn fan, what a nice guy, you know. Uh, it's kind of like when we bump into P- Pittsburgh Steeler fans. I mean, just normally you think, okay, this guy's not going to be very intelligent because uh, he's a Steeler <laughs> fan. But, you know, I'm always pleasantly sur- – yeah, that's for you, Spano, by the way. Uh, just always pleasantly uh, surprised. Just No, just nice guy. I just like it. And, I, I, and it's always fun. I've said it a hundred times. I've got the best seat in the house here. I had no idea Bo – I never thought about it. I knew Bo Jackson's name was Vincent. But I just everybody's yep, got a nickname, yep. and I just figured it it came from somewhere. Uh, but think yep. about the advertising. If if his mom doesn't have a 
thick southern draw where boar becomes you're like a wild bow. I mean, just uh, you know, bow knows. I know what bow don't know. You know, just think about all the advertising yep. that missed out. Yep. You know, that doesn't rhyme with Vincent. And it's amazing with with Bo Jackson. What a, what an amazing athlete and what a short career. I mean, really, really if you really think about yeah. it, it's, uh, it's just kind of sad in a way. But it, it is what it is, and that's it. You know, there's not not much can be done about it. And then Bear Bryant with the wrestling of the bear. That's a, that's a classic story of his nickname. And again, like I said, it probably grew and grew and grew as he got as he became more and more famous. So therefore, he was yeah. the, uh, you know. He was able to do that and, and create that that uh, that uh, legend of his name. Yeah, well, and again, you is, wonder with him with with him, with him signing stuff, Paul Bryant. You wonder if you know he embraced that nickname later on in life. You know, right? Uh, right yeah, who knows? Right. And the the one nice part about that piece, and and to me, I'm still fascinated by that that Paul that signature of Paul Bryant only. On that program, God, yeah. it's just so unique to me, and um, I, I just can't get over it. And I, I've looked at it numerous times when you originally sent me the picture of it. I said, "Wow, I have never seen something like this before." I've seen only, you know, Paul Bear Bryant or Bear Bryant signatures. I've never seen just a Paul Bryant signature, and that's 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 just a very very cool to see. So uh, really interesting, and I'm very happy. How do you- Years ago, Brenda and I made the decision to do the super collector section because we've had some incredible super collectors over the years so, and we featured. And again, it doesn't have to be the most expensive collection. It doesn't have to be the rarest yeah. collection. It's just something that is generally collected and generally enjoyed by the collector. And I think that's something that is really, uh, really, I feel, part of the hobby, something that's so overlooked today. It just uh, really needs to be told, as far as as far the as passion. I'm concerned. Yeah, you should but, uh, be a super collector right. in a, in an episode, Captain. You should be a, a, a super no, collector. Know. I'm, you know, I we got, talk I got, about your I collection got, all the time. Well, I got I got super memories more so than a super collection. I think, although I may have <laughs> some pieces that might be different, I, I have a lot of uh, you know that. Not tip, not incredibly rare nor incredibly different, but at the same time, I got a lot of memories of, of what I collected over the years, and I think that's what it's all about. Uh, all right, less than you, two minutes. How do you find the super collectors? I, I, I'm I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you. How do you find the super collectors uh, well, for each well, episode? I, that's I, something I've I always found wondered. Lo- I find a lot of them at shows that I go to, uh, more so the national and some of the bigger shows. I find them from people who actually just email me out of the blue and say, you know, I, I said, you know, I've been reading your magazine. I'd like to know if my collection would be, would could be featured. I don't know if it's good enough or whatever. And it's a constant, the constant statement I get from collectors is, I don't know if my collection is good enough. And everybody's collection is good enough, as far as I'm concerned. And uh, you know, I, I we we featured a lot of people over the years who have, in my opinion incredible collections and again they're not the most rare they're not the most expensive but they're they're still amazing collections to, to look at and to, and to view so um i think that's that's part of uh the, the lore of the of the attract the attraction to 
the uh, piece in the magazine. But getting back to your original question, I get a lot of people that contact me on it, and I end up inevitably finding people at shows or uh, by mail or email or phone. I've had people call me on the phone and talk about it. So it's uh, it's very interesting, to say the least. All right, we're down to about 45 seconds. Any final thoughts, Joe, before we go? Just classy. I love I just I, I love this podcast. I love doing this with you. I just uh, – not many, not many times do people get uh, a chance to uh, just kind of sit around and talk talk football with a friend of theirs. You know, it's kind of fun. It's fun. It's fun. All right, we're almost out of time. Again, we've been sponsored in part by MSB Sports Cards. Check out their website, msbsportscards.com, and by BST Auctions. Check out their website, bstauctions.com. Joe, thanks for being on. We'll be on with a second show this month toward the end of the month and be on the lookout for it. Thanks for listening. Hey there, Sports History fan. This is Arnie Chapman, a.k.a. the Football History Dude, and I wanted to thank you for stopping by to listen to another episode here on the Sports History Network. Our podcasters are passionate about uncovering and sharing sports stories from yesteryear. And if you didn't know it already, we have over 30 shows across the network covering all sorts of sports history topics. In fact, here's a glimpse into one of our awesome podcasts here on the network. Do you wish you knew more about the 100 seasons of the NFL? You're in luck because you found the Football History Dude podcast, where each episode is a journey back in time to learn about the rich history of the NFL. From the founding of the league in an auto showroom, all the way to what it is today, America's favorite sport and a behemoth of an industry. My name is Ernie Chapman. Football is my passion, and I want you to come along with me each week to explore the yesteryear of the gridiron. So hop on board, my DeLorean, and let's get this baby up to 88 miles per hour. How about that? I bet you're super hyped to go listen to that new podcast, right? Well, to learn about this show and all the other podcasts on the network, head over to sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Again, that's sportshistorynetwork.com forward slash podcast. Head over there today to find your next favorite sports history podcast.